0: Hello, we've got a big delivery for you today. Great!
1: Hi Iceland, we know you're big fans of English football so we're bringing it straight to your door. Hello. There's frozen tactics from Roy Hodgson's heyday. Wayne Rooney passing sideways and never forwards in midfield. Chris Smalling's brain freeze. I'm Chris Smalling. Jamie Vardy's foul language and dramatic roles. Tasha
0: get fine.
1: Joe Hart diving like a slab of meat. And a fantastic range of Spurs players who are far better in the Premier League.
0: Hello and welcome to 50 Years of Hurt, a Euro 2016 podcast. deal and Skinner, your royalty check must have got lost in the post, honest. I'm Richard Carey and in this episode we'll be looking at the final five games from the round of 16 in Euro 2016. We'll look at who's made it through to the quarterfinals. Coming up... A song of ice and lions, would house England or house Iceland prevail in this game of Euros? A handy tie for France, but would Ireland get the revenge for 2010? And two behemoths in European football collide as Spain take on Italy. But first, we have the big news that Lionel Messi has retired from international football. It was the Copa America final on Sunday night, which Argentina lost to Chile on penalties 4-2. Messi, only 29, has retired after missing a penalty in that match. In the last nine years, Argentina had been to four major finals and failed to win any of them. Uh, obviously, it's disappointing for international football to see Messi give up, especially when you think there should be at least one more World Cup in him. I guess he feels personally responsible for argentina not winning all those times argentina are a team not heavily favored due to the quality of sides from europe so even if messi was in the side it might not make too much difference in the future but it'll be a shame not to see the skill of messi at another international tournament then again when is a retirement final in football i don't remember when it is anyway So our first match, England only got through their group in second place despite beating group leaders Wales thanks to a poor nil-nil draw with Slovakia. Iceland on the other hand squeezed through his runners-up in their group due to a last minute goal against Austria. On paper England are favoured to win but Iceland are unbeaten in this tournament, would they create problems for the Free Lions? There's a ball in by Sturridge. Sterning runs on it. He gets a foot and he's taken down by Hal Dawson. It's a penalty for England. Great start. Rooney steps up to take the penalty. He slots it into the left corner. 1-0 England. And you know what this means? This means England have scored more penalties at Euro 2016 than Germany, who've also had one penalty and Ozil missed it. What's going on? Eisen get a throw and down the right long throw, headed on by Arnison, and Sigursson puts it in the net England completely switched off. 1-1. As and England corner in by Rooney, he's headed in the air, but they can't direct a goal, so the ball falls to Ali at the edge of the area, and he blasts it over. Goodmanson plays a ball into Sigurdsson, into Bodvarsson, back to Torsson. His shot is low and to the right, and Joe Hart makes a real mess of it. He gets a hand on it, but it goes past him. 2-1 to Iceland. Joe Hart, you absolute plonker. Then Sturridge crosses from the right. as a volley by Kane. It has to be tipped over the bar by Hal Dawson. Another long throw and another long shot by Scullison. And it's just wide. England really couldn't deal with these throw-ins. There's another Harry Kane free kick. <laughs> a small one gets it at the back post, but he's nowhere near. In the second half, Iceland corner into the back post, headed across goal, headed down again, and almost a spectacular shakiri inspired goal from Sigurdsson. Sets it straight at heart and he saves it this time, mainly because it hit him, so he couldn't not save it. A storage ball into Ali, he skies it. A cane free kick, which is well wide. Why is he taking the free kicks? Come on, Roy, sort it out. A cane boy into Vardy, great defending and really well tackled by Sigorson to d- deny the Leicester striker. Siverson had a shot with his left foot and it goes over the bar. Gunnarsson's shot, it had to be saved by Hart to stop it being free 1, actually a good save by Joe Hart this time. Another awful cane free kick, he starts getting booze from the crowd, it's so bad. A great Rashford run into the box, it's blocked out for a corner. Sturridge crossing into Vardy. Defender heads it out for a corner. And it's the last gas corner for England. Kane takes it. Walker's header goes wide. The referee blows his final whistle. At full time, it's England 1, Iceland 2. That's England 1, Iceland 2. England go out to a country that has about a 300,000 population. England got knocked out by a chain of supermarkets that like selling frozen food. England got completely embarrassed. And what happened after the match? Well, Roy Hodgson quit the ex- exited stage, right? With possibly more fallout than Brexit, he resigned as England manager immediately after the match. And in a prepared statement, like he was expecting to lose, he describes the players as fantastic talented and did everything that was asked for them yes everything but actually win against Iceland or win against Russia or win against Slovakia no they didn't do everything that was asked for them Roy and they weren't fantastic they were awful in the post-match interview Joe Hart blames himself and Wayne Rooney sniffs a lot and on the highlights Gary Lineker sounded like he wanted to kill himself he was that sad let's not beat around the bush on this one this was an awful performance by England I felt the first three matches they weren't playing exactly badly But this was just awful. Like, at the end of the match, it felt like they weren't even trying to win. They were almost trying to lose. They weren't running around the pitch. They were just standing there. Uh, The only players who who were even trying were the guys who came off the bench, like Vardy and Rashford. And Rashford had got, like, five minutes. It was ridiculous. I think the thing that really got me about this match was how bad the defending was. Again, and this is a problem with England, like... That first goal was such a simple, should have been simple to defend, and it went in. And the second goal was a stupid mistake by Hart, but the defence could have helped him out a little bit. It's just so frustrating. The, 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 if you look in the balance of play in this match, Iceland had the best chances throughout the match. Like, England barely had any decent chances. They were just crap. And tactically, it's just baffling. Like, some of the things that Roy Hodgson does is baffling. You know, if it worked, you'd be hailing him as a genius but when it fails it fails so miserably uh, you know harry kane trying to take all the set pieces does not make any sense whatsoever even bringing wilch to the euros is is bad enough but then just trying to rely on him to win a game like he's barely played any football why did you not bring drink water There's nobody on the pitch. You feel who's really gonna break down the fence, or if if you do feel they're gonna break down the bench, they've been sat sitting on the bench all day. Like, why is Raheem Sterling playing? Sterling is bad. Raheem Sterling is bad. Um, Pound Sterling is bad. It's all bad for Sterling's. Just don't play it right now. I know we're all gonna make all the Brexit jokes and say how England are out of Europe twice in one week. But you know, it was a really bad performance. But okay, I'm going to give some credit right here. I'm going to give some real credit to Iceland. I thought Sig- Sigerson was great to the defender. He scored. He had a really another really good chance of goal, and he had that amazing tackle on Vardy that, that saved Iceland. And all the players played really well. And the thing is, like i like everybody was saying up to this game that England were going to win easily. I'm like, I'm not so sure. Like this Iceland team's really good. I mean, I know they haven't got a big population, but still. This, this is a really good team. They know how to play well. They've kept the same team in, in the four games they played, and it's worked. Shock horror. Instead of, you know, tinkering w- with the tactics like Roy Hodgson. They deserve this, you know. And who knows? They could beat France. I'm not going to rule it out. This tournament's been a bit crazy. Why not? You know, why not have Iceland beat the host? You know, I don't think they're going to get the final win it. If they did, it would be, it'd be a Leicester City Monumental, probably even bigger than when Greece won it because Greece had qualified for a tournament before. Whereas Iceland, this is their first tournament, they've just beaten England, it's insane. But yeah, you know, England are rubbish, but that's not news, is it? And they will continue to be rubbish. And now I have to rename the show probably to 52 Years of Hurt. That's even presuming that England even managed to qualify for the World Cup in Russia, which would be an interesting World Cup, especially, well, and then for the next Euros, they'll have some real big visa issues if they have to keep moving around Europe. But We'll see what happens there. Talking about green, the awesome Irish fans have been the life of the party. Singing for the police, putting babies to sleep, serenading the ladies. They also multiply the bread, change the water into beers. And they even know the end of Game of thrones And, of course, We're Greaves on Fire. Your defense is terrified. We're Greaves on Fire. la 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 Ah, enough about that. Now let's talk about France versus Ireland. After Robbie Brady's header against Italy, Ireland just about managed to make it to the last 16. Now they'd be up against heavily favoured host France in a match that brought up memories of the 2010 World Cup qualifying campaign. Would Ireland hand it to the French or would Le Bleus win the right way this time? So inside the first two minutes, Shane Long gets taken down by Pogba and it's a penalty for Ireland. Robbie Brady steps up to take it, he drills it low, and to the right, it goes off the post, into the back of net, 1-0 Ireland, what a start from the Irish. Pulper whips in the ball from the left, Griezmann's header from a way out goes way over. It's a long throw by Ward, it falls to Murphy, his shot had to be saved by Loris. Pulper free kick from long range, Randolph saved it, and eggs on his team. Pirate's shot is blocked by a wall of defenders, then Griezmann's shot is blocked. This Irish defender's blocking everything. There's quite a lot of yellow cards in this match for France, which could be problematic in the quarterfinals. Presuming they got through, of course. In the second half, Piatt's free kick almost fell to Kachalny at the back post. Matuidi shot from distance; it was a good save by Randolph to deny the French. A Sagna cross into Griezmann with a header. Randolph gets a hand to it, but it flies into the back of the net, and the lead is broken. One-one. A ward shot from outside the box gets the deflection, but a goal kick is given. Just about a minute later, a long ball is headed down by Giroud. Griezmann on his own puts it away with his left foot. It's two on France and Ireland have capitulated. Giroud plays it through to Griezmann. Duffy makes a challenge, but it's a bad one. He's the last man. It's outside the box. He's sent off an Islander down to 10 men with a mountain to climb now. A great shot from the edge of the box by Gignac, but it rattles the bar. And at full time, it finished France 2, Ireland 1. What do you say about Ireland? If this was a game that was only 45 minutes long, then we'd be celebrating Ireland being in the quarters and, you know, having a relatively easy draw against Iceland. Instead, there was a 10-minute spell where it all went to pot. Two quick goals from Griezmann, followed by a sending off to Duffy, killed it off for Ireland. I do think there's quite a lot of parallels between this match and the England match in that they had a really early penalty that put one team to lead, and then the other team you know, obviously won the match. Except for the fact England were the favourites, Iceland were the underdogs, whereas France were the favourites, Ireland were the underdogs in this scenario. But a great effort from the Republic of Ireland, just not enough to get them over the line. France did deserve to win as they had the best of the attacking play, and in the end were able to punish the Irish for it. It won't be an easy ride for the hosts if they want to get the final. You could argue Iceland might be easy, but I'm not going to say it's an easy game. Then they're going to have a really tough test in the semi-finals, but luck is going with them so far in this tournament. Now on to Italy versus Spain. When Spain lost against Croatia, they set up this particularly mouth-watering tie in the last 16. The Italians have had the luxury of being able to rest many of their first team in the final group game. Would this give them any advantage against the current champions? So there's a Florenzi free kick, a good header by Pella, a great save by De Gea to deny Italy. Florenzi with a cross-headed back-across goal. Gianna Ricci tries a spectacular overhead kick and it's saved and pushed onto the post by De Gea. An Iniesta cross, Ramos goes down the box. Killalini is holding his shirt but no penalty is given. De Siglio crossing into Parolo, he heads it wide. Another De Siglio cross, Ramos miskicks kicks it but gets away with it as it goes for a corner. As Edda, free kick, he hits it low and hard. De Gea saves but he just can't quite hold on to it and Gianna Ricci got onto the rebound. De Gea seemed to tackle him in the box. It looked like it could have been a penalty but it didn't matter because it fell to Cellini who made it 1-0 Italy. Gian made a darting run into the box. His shot produced another great save from De Gea. In the second half a ball in by Fabregas. header by Morata but it was straight at Buffon. As the Morata run into the area he goes down but no penalty is given. Eda produces a shot after a run and De Gea gets Spain out of jail again. De Siglio's cross, De Gea fumbles it a bit but Spain get it clear. An Iniesta volley from the edge of the box, but Buffon makes a save. A PK strike from the edge of the box, and another good save by Buffon. Thiago Motta actually slaps Vasquez. Uh, the referee doesn't quite see it, but he does get booked for it. Maybe a bit lucky there, Thiago Motta. Some Route 1 stuff by Spain as Gea boots it upfield. It's headed down, it falls to PK. You think it's in, but Buffon saves it again. And then a Damian cross is deflected. It falls to Pelar. He finishes it on the volley. 2 0 Italy. And Antonio Conte goes completely mad. He climbs the sub bench. He's so happy. And at full time, it finishes Italy two Spain nil. So comment on Antonio Conte, my favourite manager at the Euros. In this game, the ball came to him on the sidelines, and he smashed it. It was great. He's going to be so much fun in the Premier League when he comes to Chelsea next season. And to be fair, he's a great manager, considering his tactics are working a blinder. Italy are playing like different tactics to almost everybody in the tournament, and they are out-manoeuvring every team in the tournament so far. The reigning champs cannot make it three in a row. And they didn't really have a lot of chances in this one. In fact, you know, this could have been 4-0 if it wasn't for David De Gea and his great saves. Although, De Gea seems to flick between brilliance and ineptitude. It's like not one or the other. Because, like, at times he was, like, dropping a ball and at times he was making amazing saves. So it was crazy. But I thought he did play really well on balance. Uh, but, yeah, Italy definitely deserved to win this game. De Siglio was a real threat down the right Pelar was playing really well. I think this team could win the tournament. I think they're they're definitely in the top three favourites, I would say. On to Belgium versus Hungary. Hungary have really impressed in this tournament, coming out of a group no one expected them to win on top. Belgium made a slow start but comfortably qualified in the end. As favourites for the game, could the Belgians live up to their billing? A free kick from De Bruyne comes to left. alvarez Vivald heads it in at the back post. 1-0 Belgium. Another De Bruyne free kick is tipped over the bar by Kirillai. Lukaku gets a header on the rebound but it goes over. Laurent sits with a shot from a long way out. Goes wide but not by much. Hungry loved to shoot from distance. A Zuziak shot, again outside the box, obviously, (laughs) it goes wider than Mark. A Hazard shot has to be pushed over the bar by Kirillai. Pinta's shot takes deflection, Courtois makes a save to stop him from being lobbed. For Marlon Yellow means he won't play the next match. A free kick falls to Juhas, and it's agonisingly wide. De Bruyne corner is headed out, it falls to Hazard, he pretty much passes to himself, then crosses it low down the wing, and the substitute Batsushi scores an easy tap-in to make it 2-0 Belgium. Then a counter-attack from Belgium sees some wonderful play from Hazard, he skips past several defenders, seamlessly with ease, and tucks the ball into the net to make it 3-0. Now with Hungry stretched, Carrasco, another sub, rounds the game out and makes it 4-0, and that's how it ends at full-time, Hungry-nil, Belgium-4. Well, well, I didn't expect Belgium to run away with it because I thought Hungary played so well in the group stages they might bring it here. In fairness, the Hungarians stayed in it at 1-0. They had a few good chances to equalise, but as soon as that second goal was in, it was over. Ezin Hazard has arrived at Euro 2016 and at just the right time. And now Belgium look dangerous and a potential tournament winner. They've got the quality in the team, the strength in depth, as was shown for the substitutes of Carrasco and Batsuyesi. The question is will they be able to keep this up? If so, don't be surprised if they're lifting that trophy in the Stade de France in two weeks. The last game we've got to cover in the round of 16 is between Germany and Slovakia. Germany haven't quite been themselves in the Euros thus far, but still managed to win Group C. After a staunch defensive display, Slovakia booked their place in the last 16 as one of the best third-place teams. Slovakia beat Germany in a friendly in the run-up to the tournament, but could they do it again when it counted? The free kick by Kroos, a Kadira header is tipped over by the keeper. A cruise corner is headed away, but it falls for Boateng, who strikes sweetly into the bottom left corner, a bit like the goal Modric scored against Turkey for Croatia. It's 1-0 to Germany. Kimmich crosses into Gomez and Skrtel fouls him in the area. It's a penalty to Germany. Ozil to take the penalty. He goes for the right corner. It's saved by Kossiak. Newsflash, everyone. A German has just missed a penalty. Do you remember, actually, I think it was Lukas Podolski. He missed a penalty against Serbia in the 2010 World Cup and I thought that was monumental but it's happened again oh my days Germany could like lose a penalty shootout or something as drax across it's headed by Gomez it's put wide by Ozil who's not having good luck in this match a cross in by Pekaric for Slovakia falls to Kuchka but his header is denied by a good save from Neuer. Draxa the on the left runs into the box pokes it into the path of Gomez who directs it into the net it's 2-0 Germany in the second half a cruise corner, Hummels heads it on a lovely volley from Draxler in space, puts it into the net, making it 3-0 Germany. Ozil plays it wide to Muller, a low cross by Kroos, but it's saved by the keeper to deny a fourth, and at full time it was Germany 3, Slovakia 0. Germany looked good here, but I'm really not sure that Slovakia are much of a challenge for them. Draxler has played well constantly in this tournament and here he gives an assist and scores a goal. It's a great display from him. Thumbs up, Draxler. Gomez also looks to have his shooting boots on now. It's still difficult to tell how good this German side is and how they'll do against tougher teams. Slovakia have probably done as well as they ever were going to do at the Euros, even if I did predict for them to get into the quarterfinals. Whoops. I was still disappointed that they didn't go out with more of a fight, really. So before we go, let's recap the quarterfinal matches. So on Thursday, it's going to be at the Stade Velodrome, Marseille, Poland versus Portugal. And on Friday in Lille, Wales will play Belgium. On Saturday in Bordeaux, Germany play Italy in probably the clash of the round. And on Sunday in the Stade de France, it'll be France versus Iceland. Yes, you heard that right, Iceland the big outsiders in this tournament but it still has Wales in and Wales are the only home nation left in Euro 2016 which does give uh, the Welsh a lot to brag about really I know a lot of people from Wales who are having a go at the English now and who knows maybe they'll get past Belgium or maybe not we'll see should set up for some tantalizing games and I'm really looking forward to talking about them in a couple of days uh, in the meantime, do follow us on Twitter at 50YOHPOD on SoundCloud, soundcloud.com/slash 50YearsOfHurt. Also available on iTunes, make sure to leave a rating review there. And we're on TuneIn. Woohoo! So, it's 52 years of hurt for England. Never stop me dreaming. Or maybe I should just stop dreaming. Because at the end of the day, I think we'll make it to a hundred years of hurt at this rate and on that bombshell goodbye
1: pack your bags royalties we've had enough of you we've had all the talk we've had all the chat we've had all the promises we've had all the excuses and it's never ever ever changed You, Ray Lewington, Gary Neville, pack your bags. Wayne Rooney, we've had enough of you too. You've never delivered on the highest, the most important stage. Some of these other youngsters will have to come again. But my word, how far short did England fall? And you know what? The whole of this tournament, will be quite happy that England's going home. Because our reputation on and off the field is as low as it gets right now. The players might have sunk to their knees. The likes of Sturridge, probably crying his eyes out. You want to feel like we do, watching you playing for England week in, week out. Raheem Sterling and Daniel Sturridge. Be easy on him, said Sturridge about Sterling. He'll come good, he'll come right. Don't you in the media blame him. It's not his fault. England collectively, as a squad, were a disgrace. They have been, yet again, not only a side that has shortchanged the good fans. You can hear what those fans think. It's alright, you wanted to put your hands up, Kyle Walker, and applaud them. They're answering you with, you're not fit to wear the shirt. That's what they think of this England side. We were a shambles coming into this tournament, we were a shambles doing it. We hadn't got a clue who should be playing where, we hadn't a clue what formation, you hadn't a clue who should be picking, you hadn't a clue who was to be left out. It was absolutely start to finish an absolute load of rubbish. Always look on the bright side of life. Always look on the light side of life. If life seems jolly rotten, there's something you've forgotten. And that's to laugh and smile and dance and sing. When you're feeling in the dumps, da be silly chumps. Just purse your lips and whistle, that's the thing.